Thanks for joining us today at the Vine Church. We're one church with two locations and reaching around the world with the help of our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to partner with us in doing that, you can share this service with others and give by clicking the link below. For now, prepare your heart for some incredible worship and an inspiring message. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God still inside the storm promise of the shore I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first beyond the barren place beyond the ocean waves when I walk through the waters I won't be
Hey, church. Man, I, the only way to follow up last series bumper video was with a better one. And, uh, so there you go. We were standing on the stage. You could feel the stage yeah. because of the bass that was in that. So, um, church, it's, uh, I don't, am I on? I don't know that I am. I'm not. I think I, I am. Getting, I'll take over. Yeah, I, I was sitting there getting you set up to turn your mic yeah. on, and I forgot to turn mine on. So, hey, um, I won't go through what I just said. It wasn't important anyway. <laughs> um, just that the bumper video was awesome, and that's all I said. Um, Church, it's, it's great to be with you guys. If you're here for the first time today, um, and I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is David Walters. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here on staff. Um, sometimes they let me be in charge. And, um, and we're kind of bridging a gap this Sunday uh, between our last series where we talked about having the best year ever, how we could go from surviving to thriving, uh, where we could experience breakthrough and abundance and really our best year ever uh, through those four spiritual practices that we talked about. And then next week we're starting a series called Fixer Upper. And so we're going to be talking about for three weeks how we can restore marriage relationships. If you um, have, a, have a relationship that's on the rocks, um, we can uh, help with that. If you have a marriage that's good, we can take it to that next level through um, some biblical principles uh, around marriage. And so we're really excited about that series. If you're a student or marriage is just a long way off, um, don't check out. Make sure that you're here. <laughs> take good notes because nine out of ten of you are going to get married. So uh, it'll be important for you to take notes in that series and for all of us, we'll be blessed in that. But we've got this Sunday in between. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And over the past couple of years, we've tried to do something a little bit different on Super Bowl Sundays. Um, this year, we thought we would let it rain um, pretty heavily <laughs> and be really cold um, to see who the, the cream of the crop are when it comes to church attenders and it's members. Fully committed. And so you guys are my favorites. I'm just going to say it. Don't <laughs> let the other people that aren't here know that. But why don't y'all just give yourselves a hand. For looking outside and, and seeing the, the tree limbs bowing down to the ice, and you guys are here, so we are super uh, grateful for that. But um, last year, we had Coach Shannon Jarvis from Mill Creek High School with us, and um, man, you were, you were one of the highlights of my year, so we wanted to invite <laughs> you back um, uh, for you. this year, and uh, I just wanted to go through a couple of your stats um, to kind of get you acquainted with the church uh, or get the church acquainted with you. Um, and a couple of these things just made, made me already want to go ahead and book you for next year. Um, so <laughs> Sounds good to no me. No pressure in yeah. front of all these people. Will you come back next? I will. Okay. All right. Because I told the, him I'm out of material, though. That, so, no, 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 <laughs> because you're not. Because I was, yeah. I, was, um, I was going through, I just wanted to make sure that I had all my information correct. Um, you've been married to Candy. Mm -hmm. uh, how many years? Oh, Lord. And you didn't tell me you were going to ask uh, that. Right, We've been married 20 years. Okay, so well, that's correct. Is she coming 20th, at 11 o'clock? She service? is at 11 o'clock, but okay. we're, we're going into our 20th year anniversary. That's why so. I asked you now, now so you would be ready when she's here in the room at 11 o'clock. You. Uh, you've got uh, two daughters, Emma Grace and Tori. Uh -huh. What are their ages? Emma Grace is 13 and Tori is 11. Okay, all right, great. Oh, yeah. And then um, you've been at Mill Creek <laughs> since the little bit of, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. Uh, so uh, you've been at Mill Creek High School for 13 years mm -hmm. um, and 2015 and 2016, you had back-to-back -back years going to the semifinals of the state um, playoffs and football. Uh, largest classification, largest high school. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. Um, but, but this is what kind of like, this is what made me want to book you for next year. Um, I didn't realize this. Um, 95 players out of Mill Creek High School have mm -hmm. gone on to sign college. Yeah, uh, yeah, sign on, play college ball. But this is what was interesting. On the bio page, 69 of those 95 have been in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. So for 13 years, mm -hmm. 
um, the, the, the bulk of those have been yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. And for all those 13 years, the most recent kind of performance success mm -hmm. has been in the latter years. Yeah. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you a year advance. Here's what I wanna talk about. And well, and the other thing too, and I didn't write this down, but I was thinking about it earlier. Um, two of your staff yeah. have gone on to coach successfully. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in, at Archer High School. Yeah. And then most recently, Beale. North Gwinnett High yeah, School, Beale. where they won the state championship, yeah. Yeah, which real, seems probably a little unfair. Well, no, but, it, um, <laughs> I was excited for Bill. I really was. Sure. He's a dear friend. So what I want you to this is this is this is a teaser for next year. What I want you to talk about is next year how um, how a commitment over yeah. time makes a difference, yeah. and then how investment in people um, is really a, a greater measure, yeah. perhaps of of success mm -hmm. than we think yeah because to me I, i'm just being honest like the fact that you've been there 13 years and you've outlasted what is most most tenures at, at, yeah. at schools um, the fact that all these kids especially in the latter years it shows me that your commitment over time pays off mm -hmm. um and so small investments or big investments over time has a, has yeah. a huge payoff and then especially with the coaches i mean because that's not Guys, that's not coincidental. In fact, yeah. John Maxwell, who's like leadership guru, yeah. he talks about level levels five. of influence, and that's a level five, level five, level yeah. five leader, which is the, according to him, that's the highest on the scale. Yeah. It's when you reproduce um, your character and your competency mm -hmm. in somebody long enough that it mm -hmm. creates a legacy, yeah. and uh, you see that even today with uh, the, the Super Bowl, yeah. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, I watched the Bill and Bill like 30 for 30. I don't know if you caught that on ESPN. Uh, I would recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, the coaching tree from Bill Belichick yeah. has been unbelievable. You see that in college with like yeah. Nick Saban and Nick Saban even coached under Bill oh, Belichick. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, so it's just incredible. So we'll talk about that next year. Sounds good. Um, but the reason, uh, we've got a couple of things we want to talk about today, but we want to just lead off just so that you're not like a football coach. Yeah. Um, talking at a church, um, the thing that I appreciate about Coach Jarvis the most is that he is a man of faith. Um, he's got a deep faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So why don't you, why don't you just kind of walk us through your yeah. progression in faith and then um, not just kind of how you got to Jesus or a committed relationship with Jesus, but where you are today yeah. and what God's doing in your life today. You know, and, and reality is I, my testimony, and I, I'm going to give you a little bit of an abbreviated version of it, but... Um, you know, for many years, I wondered why I didn't have that wow moment because my testimony really is not really flashy in regard to I was raised at a Southern Baptist church. And if I took and had a picture of it, it's just it looks straight out of the movies, you know, and we had about 72 members and we were all related. And I don't mean that to be <laughs> funny. We really were. You know, you'd have a family reunion and um, everybody from church would just leave church and go to the reunion. But mom and dad <laughs> raised their dad was a deacon. Um, but it was Southern Baptist, and so I was raised where I, I, I knew the Bible, but, but like um, it was works-based. And when I say works-based, I knew at, at age nine when I was presented, either you can go to heaven or you can go to hell. Well, I'm going to go to heaven. Right. You know, that was my choice then. And um, so I got baptized. It was yeah. right after, um, um, you know, when you have... Um, uh, what do you with the week long no, no, no. revival revival, revival. Yeah. so you had a revival so my brothers and cousins yeah, revival actually never happens it's just it, <laughs> no. you, you call them revival yeah right? revival so yeah. it was revival so we had that but I share it because I went many years even through high school and college and uh, my dad and again my family's always been very structured and 
And um, it wasn't until, though, I'd, I'd got through college and I was able to go to South Gwinnett. I worked at South Gwinnett for six years with a lot of great coaches, John mm -hmm. Small and, uh, you know, Mickey Kahn, who's now mm -hmm. at uh, Clemson, and a lot of good men on that staff. We're all about the same age, but we all were like-minded and really kind of figuring out our faith right. just a little bit. But um, So we went through that at South Gwinnett, and, and I got married. Me and Candy got married right out of college. And, you know, Candy had come from a small Georgia town, very uh, similar to mine, but with her family and her church. So... Uh, and I, I have to share that because, uh, truthfully, it wasn't until I got to Mill Creek, and we, we, it was before we got to Mill Creek, but we'd started going to a church, and um, we were really getting plugged in because we were really trying to get our family started, and it was important to us to, to raise our children in a church, yeah. and so we were getting plugged in, but I was going in, in it with my own uh, rules that I had in my mind how church should look like, right. you know, um, where you couldn't speak here, and you had to sit here, and you had a lot of rules and regulations to it, but... Uh, we got involved, and, and next thing I know, we got into this small group, and um, I, that's really what I want to convey to you. We got involved with a small group with Ron Riley, and Ron, ironically, was a former coach who had got out of the coaching profession and was in real estate, but he had been teaching a college and career class for many years, but he had transitioned into doing young adult, young married. And um, when Ron would teach, it was, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. When you go to, when you go to the class, this is... Many of y'all don't get any ideas because you'd run mm -hmm. people off with this. But you had a sheet of paper. You had you got to fill in the blank. You had a PowerPoint that went into it. It was just like the worst history class you could imagine <laughs> in high school. But I gravitated to that because it was the first time in my life that somebody was actually teaching the truths of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it evoked inside of me a deeper yearning to, to study the Bible. Yeah. And quit just... You know, leaving it to the, in my mind, the pastor just had to present it to right. me, you know, right. and I was raised that way. So as I, I took that and I went to studying the Bible, it created that, that where I started quiet time for myself. And so I remember Ron to this day, he, he got up in front of us one time and he was on a part of it talking about prayer and doing your prayer and taking quiet time for prayer. Well, I was good at that. I'd just sit there and pray for about two or three minutes and go about the rest of my day, right. you know. And, um, and I'd miss, you know, I'd do it once a week and called it prayer time. <laughs> and um, so what Ron challenged, he said, how about do a journal? And he said, why don't you start journaling this? And he said it to the whole class. And he said, I challenge you to go back and check that journal two or three weeks down the road. And you let me know how it's working. Mm. And so I'll never forget doing it. And I, I started doing the journal, which created the discipline of doing it every morning, right. you know, where I would actually take pause and I would journal in it. And I would have this journal. So I got, and really I got about two months into it. And um, I said, you know what? I never checked this out, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that prayer time then it grew into where I was reading, actually studying the Bible. And, and through that time, though, I checked it. And on those prayers, it, it, I, I, I can remember this was starting. Now my wow moments were kind of mm -hmm. starting where I looked at it and every one of them had been answered. But, but when I say that, please listen. I was fairly spiritually mature. My prayers wasn't, I hope I win 100 games or get $1,000. You know, it was right. spiritually mature prayers. Right. But, you know, we had some sickness and the way it, every one of them were being answered. Okay. And um, I saw my heart was changing where I, I was evolving and I was getting away from the religion aspect of my works-based salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to be a good guy to be that as I studied more and more there, my relationship was, I was getting away from my religion and getting to a relationship with mm -hmm. God through that quiet time and and i was transitioning to mill creek at that time and and a lot of things were going on in life but having that that was centering me 
grew and grew and grew where I was starting to outreach to other people to learn from, from people from FCA, mm -hmm. um, some uh, a gentleman that was a dad um, in our program that I, I really respected spiritually. But the reason I share this with you, even in my story, my growth, it wasn't the pastor of the church. Right. It was the small group. Right. And, and for the, the leaders that you probably have in here mm -hmm. and the ones of y'all that are in your small group, you have such an awesome opportunity with, with the young adults or even the, the, the high school the high school age students to pour into them and really just love on them. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying go in there with the PowerPoint and challenge them like I was, but that kind of matched my personality, sure. the competitive nature of it. But I really looked to that. And, I've, and all the while surrounding me was a lot of strong spiritual men, but it just took that small group mm -hmm. to really change the course of my, my spirituality, my growth, and my faith. And yeah. so... Um, you know, I, I came in the door, and I couldn't get this fast enough to David, but I'm in the middle of right now. Um, you're, you're talking about the five levels of leadership with John Maxwell. I, we yeah. just read that group, read that book. And so I read books. So I try to read a book a month, even during the season. I try yeah. to. I have to for the study and the discipline of the study. Mm -hmm. But um, we're reading one right now, Celebration of, di of Discipline. And that book is, I'm not, I'm not even finished with it. I'm halfway through it, but it's really, um, it's messing with me. Yeah. And when I say that, the where I'm at is the discipline of meditation. So my prayer time, now here's my prayer time. Because you're going to find out, I'm going to be very transparent with you. I'm an authentic guy. So yeah. if you think I've made it, I haven't. I, you're going to find out I'm probably more jacked up than you realize <laughs> when you came in here. So my well, you prayers, fit right in. I know. You fit right we're in. all yeah. jacked yeah. up. You yeah, know? Absolutely. So in my prayer journal right now, if you look at it, it's just prayers. And my prayer time is telling God what I need. Huh. You know? Yeah. And reading this book, when do you meditate? Because at the end of the day, when do you just get quiet and receive his yeah. grace? Yeah. That's all he wants is to be present in you. And I'm too busy talking to him. Mm. Now, you know, that's, that's never, my marriage never looks like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I say it because... I'm, I'm really growing right here. I'm really working, and I've got to study and find better ways to meditate and right. techniques because it's not natural to right. me. Right. You know, and it's not as simple as just saying, okay, I'm going to be quiet and turn everything off and then just let him come. Mm. I mean, at it, 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 the end of the day, it can be that yeah. simple, but I've got to really explore different techniques to help me be quiet and just receive his grace because mm. at the end, that's what fulfills you, and yeah. that's where um, I think that's where that spiritual growth and that yearning to have more intimacy with him um, comes from and so really where I'm at is I'm seeking more intimacy with God each day so I can make it through that day that's good you know? that's good and and um, I, I told him when he walked in we were we were talking about the um, celebration of disciplines yeah. book by Richard Foster I would recommend it um, you know we just finished a series where we talked about this power of abiding yeah. and, um, and, and not just, you know, our prayer. We talked about our best prayer ever, the things that we say, but then abiding, which is, you know, spending time absorbing, meditating on God's word, um, contem uh, being contemplative and allowing God to speak mm -hmm. to us and that, that Jesus really pressed abiding. So it's cool that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's cool that like two, two yeah. veterans of the faith like us, we're still so oh, new yeah. in the faith to where we're learning these things. And um, I, I really, like, all of us are busy. That's what I tell people. Yeah. People are like, oh, no, you're busy, but. And I'm like, everybody's busy. You're busy. We really and, are. <laughs> and football coaches nowadays are yeah. busier than they've ever been. In fact, um, I, I kind of am a fan of UGA. Mm -hmm. And uh, I noticed that Kirby tweeted out last night around midnight, like, wheels up. You know, like, he was flying yeah. from a last-minute home oh, yeah. visit back, I mean, midnight. You know, and um, and you're busy now. You're busy dealing with coaches that are yeah. coming into schools and stuff like that. So, you're constantly busy, but you're making time every day 
to to pray, say things to God. Mm-hmm. But then, and I've said it before to you guys, that prayer really starts when we shut up. Dead. And um, and 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 now you're being quiet. Mm-hmm. You're you're meditating. You're allowing God to speak to you, and then mm-hmm. it's it's transformed it. It's really transformed it. So, can I add one thing yeah, to that? Yeah. I believe when the devil's after me is when he makes me busy. Mm. Yeah, that's where he attacks you. He yeah. does not attack you where you can see it, but you'll look, and that's when he attacks me and my family is mm-hmm. when we're busy. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the number one way that he attacks us that we're not aware of. We we um, thank you for that. That's a plug for our series, and they probably have forgotten now because it was three <laughs> weeks ago. But we just talked about how um, hurry yeah. is the enemy of the soul. Yeah, uh, we're too busy not to pray, mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, thank you for that additional. That was uh, that was not scripted, Mm-mm. not planned, but. Sometimes I know what I'm talking about. All right, so that was great. Um, so um, I, I think it's interesting when you kind of take a look at our paths, um, how similar they are in that um, kind of early years in your coaching career, you were at South Gwinnett and Snellville. Yeah. I was there for four years yeah, as an associate yeah. pastor. During that same time frame, um, at our church, we had uh, the service that I was in charge of just exploded, and, yeah. and it was the grace of God over that. Um, your success at Snell or South Gwinnett. Yeah. So you get asked to come and start a football program at a new school. Mm-hmm. Um, I got asked to come and start a new church in this community. And so our paths are very similar. Yeah. Our jobs are really similar too in that what the public sees is just a small percentage of time. Yeah. And there's a lot of buildup to that. Um, but that's kind of how perception of success, if you will, yeah. is viewed. It's kind of the 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 what happens in front of people. For you, it's two hours on a Friday night. Yeah. For me, it's thirty minutes, sometimes thirty-seven <laughs> minutes on a on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And um and and that's how people view that. Yeah. And your record, wins and losses, is kind of like okay, well, he, you know, success. Yeah. I, for some reason, people think I'm in a home run derby mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. So they'll you know about every six or seven Sundays they'll be like. How you knock that one out of the park? Yeah. You know, I don't know what that means the <laughs> yeah. other weeks, but yeah. um, but if hey, but if you hit a home run every six at bats, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hall of Fame. I think, yeah, man, that's Hall of Fame right there. So anyway, um, so so very similar, yeah. and so it's really easy, I think, and I I don't think it's just pastors or football coaches. I think every one of Amen. us, especially men, yep. how 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 much we're tied into perception of success and mm-hmm. failure wins and losses, whatever that looks like in our area of life. Yeah. For students, it can be academic performance or mm-hmm. maybe athletic performance. Um, we're so wired for performance. Yeah. Would you just talk to us about how your maturity in Christ and ha- has allowed you to understand that identity is, is not really based around yeah. that? You know, I will answer this honestly. The number one, as you say this and you ask that question, the number one I think thing I think about is, how it keeps me grounded, I have two teenage daughters, <laughs> and they absolutely could care less how many wins we have mm. or anything, and, and, and uh, they, they don't. And, um, but but you, you have to grow through that because um, it's hard because when people come talk to you, they tell you you hit a home run, but obviously after a game, I'm evaluated. Right. I mean, frankly, I put my job on the line every Friday night, and I know I've got whatever thousand people there that are mm-hmm. going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get caught up in that, yeah. and or, or you can create techniques to be able to stay what I, you know, I refer to a lot of times as being centered. Um, one, of, one of the number one things that I do, I, I make sure is I, 
you know, I have a circle of friends that I'm very close to. One of them's Tommy Jones, who's speaking at the other campus. Yeah. I showed you, he just sent me a text, yeah. you know, praying for your brother. And so, go ahead. yeah, just to pause. So, the, our Flower Branch campus is right in front of what's currently Flower Branch High School, but yeah. it's turning into Cherokee, Cherokee Bluff High School. The new varsity head coach over there is um, Tommy Jones, mm-hmm. who is is currently at yeah. Decula High School. Wonderful man. But a solid man of faith. And then I didn't know it, but y'all are pretty tight. And we're real connected. close friends, he, yeah. he says, look at the text he just sent me. Yeah. He said, praying for you, Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when guys call each other Bubba, Bubba. that's when then you know they're close. That's when you know they're close. <laughs> that makes the prayer macho. That's right. That's Is that okay? Right. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, you have that circle of friends yeah. around you that kind of uh, – and, and, and even on my coaching staff, I have a few coaches that if I get out of line, they will call me out. Mm. And I think as a man and – and I need to speak specifically to man, obviously – that's yeah. what I am. But yeah. men tend to not want to be called out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you still got to get that circle of people around you that hold you accountable. Um, and you're going to find it either through a small group, a Bible study, or, or a small group. It could be in your employment either. And yeah. then I'm going to be frank. It doesn't have to be just a Christian man. You sure. know, it, It's anybody. Because at the end, we're in this together. But us as males, we don't like to open up. And that's right. pretty obvious. We don't want to open up. And um, so, so I believe you got to have that circle of friends around you that will call you out a little bit when you do start chasing the winds, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I have that on our staff and, and through my family and my wife. And I, I would be remiss not to bring it up. Even my wife, I say even my wife, she is she doesn't allow me to get caught up in that. And mm-hmm. she keeps me grounded, not by just making me do chores at home, but just in our dialogue, one thing that we do when I go home, and for all of us, I think you've got to leave stuff there. And yeah. so I've become, I've gotten a lot better when I come home. Like there's rules that I can't get on that phone. And because in recruiting season, we're in the middle of it. We have signing yeah. day next week. I mean, these coaches are calling until 10, 11 o'clock at night because frankly, I mean, from Southern Cal to UCLA, these West Coast schools calling. So I could be on that phone every day, all day long. But I bring that up because my wife, my, 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 our relationship and my marriage has really been strong for me um, with that. But, but I, you know, the identity part of it is just, it goes back. The number one thing is, I believe in this saying, you're performing for an audience of one. Mm. You know, and I know that may sound cliche-ish a little bit, but that goes back to your your quiet time and when you're spending time and building a relationship. It's like when you're dating or whatever, you're not going to build a relationship unless you're spending time. Mm. And that goes back to your quiet time or your meditation, whatever you want to call it, however that may look for you. But when are you seeking him because you get closer to him and you realize, like, the fans behind you are not what you're doing this for. At the end of the day, if I can lay my head down on the pill at night because even with my players I make mistakes and and but I know my heart is pure in what I'm trying to lead them with and what we're trying to do um you know there's kids that have to make great sacrifices some of them playing out of position and this that you get judged on Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if you feel like you're doing what's best for that child then you've got to you know you've got to feel good about it because your identity if you get caught up in what people say you're you're going to be all over the place. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I want to kind of close the statement with this. And I, you know, I didn't plan on coming up here talking about this, but I don't get on social media. Um, you know, that's probably the first place we go to, go to sometimes to either seek, you know, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, seek, you know, you know, good job. And then yeah. sometimes you, you, you better be careful on there. Cause I learned when we had a year, when we had a successful win, well, I was all about it. I was reading the paper, yeah. you know, and I learned pretty quickly that as soon as you don't win the next game, that reverses on right, you. So, right. 
I, I try to keep from going from the highs, and even though the success we have, one rule I have is I don't read the newspaper, it, like the sports section. I don't. I don't, yeah. especially when we're playing well. I don't want. It's a distraction, mm-hmm. um, and you get too comfortable. And I think sometimes, even as Christians, I know I have become too comfortable sometimes, gotten busy, and right. then you look at the week, and I didn't have quiet time for mm-hmm. for two days. Yeah. So let's be. Let me be very transparent. I, I'm sitting here talking about quiet time, but the reality is, I have to fight for sure. it. You sure. know, I, yeah. I do miss a day. Not you, but I do. Yeah. You know, of no. course, you never miss a morning. Morning, right. I know. Um, so he gets up at three thirty. You do uh, the workout, and then right. you do all your stuff. Right, exactly. so. But, <laughs> but so the I think it's so. I bring that up because I have this sign. I got this from Belichick. Honestly, I was watching <laughs> a football life. But in our in our um, locker room, I have a sign that I put up, and I stole it from the Patriots. But it just says, "Ignore the noise." Mm. And a lot of times that noise is positive stuff yeah. being told yeah. to you, you That's know. Good. So I just believe when you when you, you separate your identity from your work or from your career, you got to also separate it when you're doing good as well. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. and, and it's easy when you do do bad to get depressed and things of that nature. But I think it's just it's 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 in the good times and the bad times you yeah. separate from those accomplishments or the lack of accomplishments. So good. And, and just to kind of recap. You're talking about the buffer that your family provides. Mm-hmm. So making sure that job stays at job yeah. and, and family is family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great distinction because, you know, you're right. Your girls, they don't, they don't <laughs> give care a rip. less. <laughs> they do. But you're there, and that's yeah. what they care about. Yeah. Uh, your wife, same way. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she probably wants you to win. Yeah. But uh, she's not judging you. She, she didn't marry you because you won no, a lot of games. No. Um, and then staying centered on the fact that we have an audience of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul talks about doing everything that we do for the glory of God. And so when you walk into that, you go, okay, you know, today's task, I'm going to do this for the glory of God. And if that includes a Friday night game, yeah. then you're going to do that for the Gosh. glory of God. And then all of a sudden your success is based on obedience and seeking to give God glory, not on the outcome. And even in ministry, we go, I mean, when we yeah. celebrate almost weekly here, somebody or some people mm-hmm. giving their life to Christ. And it's easy for me to go, all right, well, this is the, de- that's not the definition of, of success. Yeah. It's a measure of what God's doing. Yeah. But like on the weeks where somebody doesn't give their life to Christ, like I find myself just kind of like, oh man, <laughs> you know. Let's, I, I can't let's imagine being in your shoe. You're up here you just poor. And you, sometimes you feel like, and even in, when I've spoke to the team, I've been like, I just brought it. <laughs> And you break it down, and they're just staring at you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, it yeah. happens to you. I know as a preacher. I, I know. Yeah, I would be, I'd get up so. here and just bring a sermon, and yeah. you have an invitation, and just nothing well, happens. You know, it's funny. Yeah, no, you're right. That humbles you. No, so. absolutely. I mean, those Sundays where you're, you think yeah. you, nailed, you know, you nailed the gospel presentation. Yeah, Nobody yeah. gives a life to Jesus. It's like, great. Um, but he's, you know, but, sensitive. But all the same, yeah, I know, no. Um, I've had to work through that. And that's yeah. why I asked the question. Um, yeah. And, and, and so even me, like my definition of, of success from a ministry standpoint yeah. is obedience. Is yeah. it, am I being obedient Amen. to the scripture? Am I be, being obedient to what specifically God might be saying that day? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where Jesus, one of his first parables is called the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love this story, y'all, because it, like, it alleviates oh, yeah. performance pressure from the pastor. Yeah. The story is about uh, a sower that spreads seed. seed. The seed is the gospel, but the story is really about the soil of a person's soul. Said, exactly. So really the better indication of mm-hmm. success in a Sunday morning is how did the soil receive it? Exactly. Not yeah. how good Pressure's did the sower yeah. do, because yeah. really the sower had a, 
a poor job. He threw some of it on hard soil. Yeah, exactly you know, right on rock. Yeah. So it's like, psh, mm-hmm. and then it, and then it's up to y'all. So it's all on y'all. You know, it's all on y'all. Anyway, <laughs> I, um, no, so no, I love it too. I blame it. I, I do that with the kids. That's it's on you, boys. That's right. <laughs> well, you it's know, you. it's so funny because like X's and O's. Um, I heard Dick Vermeil speak at the Atlanta Touchdown Club two years ago, mm-hmm. and he talked about how you know he'd won a Super Bowl. He'd won a uh, you know state title in California as a high school coach. And then went to Stanford, I believe. Yeah, he was there. As a transition time before the NFL, and he won a state title in California. The next year, they had a losing record. Yeah. And somebody asked him, like, what was the difference? And he goes, Jimmy's and Joe's. Hey, it's players. Yeah. He goes, it's not about X's and O's. It's about yeah. Jimmy and Joe's. So it is all on the players, and it's all on you. All but right, even when you saying. say the stats of how many have signed, yeah. I mean, in last year's class, we had 16 kids signed. Yeah. And you, yeah. That, Listen, we had kids go to Princeton. We had a kid Princeton. We had um, uh, Penn, yeah. and then some Power Five schools, and just a huge variety of schools. That is a compliment to the kids, their education, yeah. their parents, all that stuff. I'm just the one reaping the benefits right. of it, as That's far right. as we play. It comes down to players, right. you know. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this though: this day and age, and I'm, I don't want to get off subject, but. The, the X's and O's, and a lot of times as fans, you're looking at the play calling and all, there is so much more depth to the culture that you're creating yeah. on that yeah. team for the execution of those plays. I have learned plays are overrated to a certain degree. Sure. It's what you've done within that child yeah. to execute those plays. That's so I, I don't want to get into football with you, but this day and age to keep kids yeah. not all over the place, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and not listening because they're on social media. They're putting their highlight films sure. on Twitter the next morning, you yeah. know, yeah. is keeping them from that and, and really teaching them how to be on a team. So, that's good. Um, we'll, we'll it, it's a chat. That, that's getting into what you want to talk about next year. Next year, yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> next year. All right, so, um, but this was really good because based on kind of what we just talked about with performance, which I think is something that everybody yeah. kind of struggles with, identity around performance. So those moments where, you, I mean, you recognize you fail. Mm-hmm. We as a staff, we're constantly learning and, and reading books and, and, and uh, taking on kind of leadership growth and stuff like that. We last year spent about three months reading through a book by John Maxwell called Failing Forward mm-hmm. and um, talking about how we can have a healthy perspective of failure. Yeah. And one of the things we just kind of as a, as a church staff mantra, you can write this down if you want to. This might be helpful for you is that failure is not an identity. It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So can you just talk about kind of a maybe a theology or even just a, a perspective, a philosophy on failure? Well, you, you really already hit the right word. It's called perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really want, I'd like to answer it two, two yeah. ways. One, me personally, because mm-hmm. I, and I may get into some of next year's answers, but personally, and then with our kids, because society now, it, it, it eats all of us up because it is, it is um, when you fail, you fail and you're no good. So you, you don't even, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's, do we do enough grace for that opportunity for growth sometimes? Yeah. And I, I mean that obviously in such a public uh, manner that high school football is. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I spend more time protecting our kids, mm. you know, when they have a bad game and everybody wants to be opinionated about a 15-year-old kid yeah. who dropped a pass. But yet they don't know that Thursday night before there was an altercation at home and the dad got mm. taken to the jail, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You don't know the depth of what these children are dealing with, but we do that in sports. Right, we right. treat them like they're pro athletes. So, right. um, but I'd like to talk about that. But before that, though, the failing forward, you know, I think experience helps you with that. And, and um, I, I, I will be honest, you know, part of my testimony, I didn't bring it up at the beginning, but part of my testimony is this too. 
when we went to Mill Creek and opened that school, you know, I'm like you. We had a little bit of success at South Gwinnett. I was 29 years old, so I was cocky enough to think we would win the state championship probably within, you know, maybe two, three years. Right. I wouldn't get it in the first year, but maybe in that second or third year. But I thought it was about our coaching. And, and you know, I'm going to be honest. I was, I was a Christian. I thought God was blessing me. And, but it was about me, mm-hmm. you know. And so we went through the first few years. And, and, and frankly, we, I knew we would have tough years the first couple, but – we got to where we were winning a little bit, but we were, we, we were winning just enough, and we were staying about you know, six and four, get beaten the first round of the playoffs or whatever, but it was hard times. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the time that I was in Ron's class, and I was really studying. But my, my prayers, I remember my prayers being, and I look back on it now and see it clearly, but it was kind of like, all right, God, I'm doing all this stuff for you. What could I do if you'd give me a little bigger platform? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if we, and I didn't never, I don't think I ever said wins, but that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. You know, just think what I could do if we could win a state championship. Right. You know, it was the most selfish prayer and thought process a human being could have. But that's where I was spiritually. Yeah. I was quiet time and all, but I was, it was more about, in the end, I see it now, it was about me. Yeah. So it was 2010, um, and I, I'm going to be just, we used to play Tequila the first game of every season. And um, I don't think I told this last year. I, I don't. But, yeah, I but in 2010, we were playing Tequila. And that's a pressure game. I mean, we start – it's like Georgia-Florida. Yeah. You start losing to Florida or start losing to Tech or right, Tech, you know, vice right. versa. It, it gets – Doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> but it, the Florida one does, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's, true, that's um, true. I graduated from Georgia, so I'm a little fan of all of them now, wherever our kids are yeah, at. But yeah. I pull for them. Um, but, but in 2010, we'd start out the year with Tequila. And honestly, yeah. in that first game – would dictate the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting it all out there that yeah. first game, and if you lose it, there's some people don't even know what you did the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and that's just part of it. So it's 2010, and I was really going through a transition. I was really being humbled. My wife was involved with it, and I mean this in a mm-hmm. positive way. And I, that, that's when I was kind of trying to – my identity was wrapped up in wins and losses. Right. It really was. As much as I want to act like it wasn't, the reality it was. So um, 2010, it was about 5 o'clock that afternoon on a Friday, and I sent an email to my mom, my dad, my brother, and my wife, and I asked for those four at 7.30 at kickoff, I want you to pray for me. I'd never done this, hmm. you know, but it was the first time I really screamed out and, 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 and that I want this prayer for me. Hmm. And I said, I want this prayer to be about me receiving his grace and that this game does not matter. And I put in that prayer – I'm tired of my identity being based on wins and losses of wow. high school age kids. Wow. And so with that prayer, I said, let me, I wanted to put it, because about 5 o'clock on game days, to be honest with you, you know what head coaches are doing? Nothing. It's the one time of the week people are scared to come around you, and you really have, <laughs> I need to start making that my quiet yeah, time. Know, right? That's what yeah. ends up, but people, the kids are scared to come around you, the coaches are. So um, we'll what, start texting you at 5. I know, that's right the now. time. That's the time to text. And um, so anyway, at that time, I just had to go to my computer and send this, this email to them because that was on my heart. So in my mind, I'm screaming for it, and also we kick off to them when we play the game. It's 2010. And um, a minute to go in the game, you can imagine probably what happened. So I'm coaching and all this stuff. And even I've started that habit that right now that before we kick off, mm-hmm. any game, if you look before kickoff, I'm around the 50-yard line, I look straight to the sky and say, this is all for you. Mm-hmm. I, I have, that's kind of a mechanism mm-hmm. I have because I, this is for you. And honestly, if I don't coach anymore, that is fine. That Shannon Jarvis will be fine, I promise you. I have to be. But anyway, so a minute to go in the game. They, we punted the ball back to them. They had it on their 10-yard line, and, you know, we just had to get a stop. So, of course, what happens? They had about an 80-yard post route. Mm. Win the game. Mm. 
And I almost, I didn't. I don't want to say I laughed, but when we lost and the game's over, I shook their hands. I told the team I'd go into my, I'll go into my bathroom, and, you know, I don't know whether I want to cry, go crazy or whatever. And a peace came over me and said, it's not about you. Mm. And he spoke, you know, it was a mm -hmm. moment that I can remember as definitive as ever. And my whole attitude and coaching really changed. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to be boastful, but if you look at 2010 and what's happened to our program since then, yeah. that year yeah. we ended up making it to the quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. That was our first run. But I look at it because that is when I really turned it over to him. So I changed. And when yeah. I say I changed, I w it's just it, it's the way you even carry yourself at the field house, around the kids, with my family, yeah. totally changed. Because you say failing forward, your fails then, your perspective changes. Yeah. So when we have losses now, even last year, we had a loss. I could not wait to get to my kids on Monday because they need to be trained how to deal with this and change mm -hmm. their perspective on how to deal with it, to look at the positives, the growth opportunities to where we can grow. See, that's not something that's being taught to kids now. Yeah. They're being judged. And you as adults are being judged. Where are we getting those growth opportunities and that perspective from? Yeah. I feel my calling now is as much that mm -hmm. as it is to win. That's good. And um, but but that was part of the in our program. It was me turning it, truly turning it over to him. And um, and ironically, he kind of calling me out, making sure I was in that place too yeah. with with the loss. You know. Isn't that interesting? You prayed for the peace that this wouldn't be about you, and you actually get a loss. I know. You know, how much God can do in failure. Mm, Take a look amen. at the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Yeah. Failure, failure, failure. But each time there was a failure and kind of a perceived setback, God was yeah. refining him so that on the platform, the largest platform in the world, really, yeah. like God could do something amazing with him. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a really amazing thing. Even like failure, perceived failure of Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah. God brings resurrection out of that, mm -hmm. and now we all have the opportunity to experience new life, abundant life, eternal mm -hmm. life in Him. Mm -hmm. Man, that's awesome. Um, great stuff. Uh, kind of the last question. Um, we got just a brief, you know, couple couple minutes here. Um, I know that just as much as like you're trying to develop the competency of football players, you know, getting them better um, as football players, send them on to that next level, achieving success yeah. on the field. You know, you're, you are more concerned about kind of this character coaching aspect. I know that because of our history. Um, I'm learning more and more in sports the, the, how, how character is, is so important. We um, had a really good rec. Last year, I think we, ha we talked the day after we won the rec championship yeah, that was, yeah. for 10 and, or 9 and 10 boys basketball. Yeah. 11 and 12, we had more talent this year than we had last year. We, get, we lost our first game. In the tournament, we were leading the whole game, mm -hmm. and then one of our kids got fouled, but then had a technical foul called against him because he taunted a player that yeah. fouled him. He missed his two free throws. We were up by six. They go down, nail their two free throws, get the ball, hit a three. They're down by one. Mm -hmm. Our guy that just messed up yeah. double dribbled. They get the ball back. They go up by one, uh -huh. and they end up winning by three. The character cost us the game. That one moment, yeah. um, you're heavily invested in character of kids um, because of Christ, but we kind of do that in public school in kind of a secretive way. Yeah. So how can we as a church support you in that? Like what can we be praying yeah. for? How can we support Mill Creek? And how can we support specifically the football program or the sports academic yeah. or the athletics? You know, obviously, okay. and it's, it, number one is pray. And yeah. pray specifically because in public schools, 
Um, we do have prayer in schools. We have a moment of silence. So you have Christian teachers in that school every single day praying. Okay, so it you do have it. You have strong like Tommy at, at Cherokee Bluff. Mm -hmm. You have a strong Christian man who is starting a Christian is going to start a program based on Christian principles. The devil's going to come after him with everything he's got, mm -hmm. you know. And so pray for these 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 coaches that are there. Pray for the um, teachers that are there because your children are listening. We do have tremendous influence, and and that influence sometimes cannot always be positive. Um, if it's not with the right person. So prayer. The other thing is this, is that, you know, you have, what's your end? You know, you have in FCA, but you also have NG3. And mm -hmm. uh, if you're not familiar with NG3, it is a great organization that puts people at these schools. That, you know, I, I don't want to call it character coaches, but that's yeah. what they're there sure. to love on these kids and be able to have uh, time with them. And they're there every single day. I know the Vine has been always supportive of NG, NG3. Yeah. And because, and you know, you, you were here talking earlier, and I, I don't want to talk business, but the reality is it does take money. Mm -hmm. And not, not that Mill Creek needs money. I would say this, your tithe at this church, I want to talk about your tithing here. This is one of the best, probably if I ask the number one church in our community that is willing to put their money where their mouth is, it is this church. Mm -hmm. um, I've, had, I've called you before mm -hmm. two or three years ago when we were running yep. short on funds for FCA camp. Right back, how much do you need to spot the scholarship a few kids for FCA camp? Yeah. And so I say this to you because your church is such a great steward of money um, that I would just the tithing part is a thank you, and I promise you that the investment that you get when you you know the seeds are being yeah. thrown that that does soften the soil through the avenues of this church. So NG3, I know Pedro's involved right now working with our baseball team, so he's getting his hands on those kids every day. And, and I, want just, I don't want to get over time, but you need to understand this about kids. There are so many unchurched children. It would blow you away. Pedro, you're getting in there now, and you're seeing how big the school is. Matter of fact, and I don't mean this to be sound funny, but it just shows you. We had, I sent five kids. We had a, another church ask for uh, some players in their jerseys to be part of their, their youth ministry today, so they went to the church. The first text I had was from one of my players that said, Coach, are they still having church today? It's raining. Hmm. And he didn't know. He just didn't know. He didn't know. He was not being funny. Well, as pastors, we joke about that, too. <laughs> I, I mean, know. You know. I, well, I just texted him, too. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but, but, but I say it because kid, these kids today, and yeah. I, I want to make sure you hear this. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Bowden said it in his book, and it's so true. Kids have not changed. Yeah. Yeah. The way they're being led and parented has totally changed. That's for another talk. Right. Um, but they're just as, oh boy, I love these boys, and mm -hmm. they're as fragile as ever. Even yeah. those 6'4", 300-pound linemen that are going to Georgia and Virginia Tech and yeah. all these big kids, they are as fragile and they are as um, insecure as any male's ever been, and they need to be loved on, they need to be supported, and they need to know that, 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 that their faith is not about rules and regulations, but it's about just receiving mm -hmm. grace because mm -hmm. that's where that true inner strength comes from.